Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I like that background music, Kevin. Keith, it's for you. I saw. I told you I saw the guitars. I was like, I think Keith would like this. If I could finger pick like this, uh, we wouldn't be doing this right now. Yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'd be on tour. So uh, we'll shall wait for another minute or so for the rest of our leaders to, to join. Yeah, let's give it um, one more, one to two more minutes. We'll see. All right. We're, we're about 75% okay. uh, of the way there. All right. Well, in the meantime, um, can, I, can people chat in? I'm just curious. Yes. Okay. I have a question for everyone. Best rock and roll band ever. Put it in the chat right now. What's coming up? Because I can't see it. You too. Very top 20. I would say Rush, easily top 20. Beatles, of course. Ooh, wow. Oh, my gosh. I am so glad that we are going to get along so well. Rolling Stones, that's that's like 75% of what I play. Pink Floyd, REO. I mean, you guys are killing me here. We could just do a music jam. Foo Fighters uh, saw them last year. They were amazing. I haven't seen Grateful Dead or Fish yet. What's going on, guys? The Who, Pearl Jam. You guys clearly are close to my age. That's what I'm seeing. And you're, you clearly have a deep appreciation for music. This is fantastic. Now I'm really excited. So shall we do some music coaching now? All right. Look at all the faces that have now joined. Welcome, everyone. I think we're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, so we're going to get started. Jen has this meeting recorded for those who aren't able to make it, but uh, wanted to say thank you all for making the time to be here. And welcome to uh, our penultimate sales leader council session for the year. Uh, as a gift to you from the sales operations team, we have Keith Rosen on our call. Uh, Keith is the CEO of Profit Builders. Uh, which has been named one of the best leadership coaching organizations worldwide. And since 1989, Keith has coached over 3 million managers and salespeople on six continents in over 75 countries. He's the author of Own Your Day, Coaching Salespeople into Sales Champions, which is the number one best-selling sales management coaching book on Amazon, and Sales Leadership, which was named Amazon's 2018 Sales Leadership Book of the Year. He was also named one of the most influential coaches by Inc. Magazine and Fast Company. Today's session is going to be organized as a Q&A. So we will get things started with some questions, but feel free to jump in, ask any follow-up questions to what you hear. And after a while, we'll open the floor up so that you can ask questions um, and jump in and really get to hear what you all want to hear about it. So Keith, it's a pleasure to have you join our Sales Leader Council, and we can get started with our first Happy question. Karen. Thank you. All right. So Keith, at Anderson, our sales leaders are extremely busy. And how can leaders manage their time effectively to ensure that they make adequate time for coaching? How much time do we have for that one question right now? <laughs> so I, I'm going to answer it this way, just in the spirit of time. And I think everyone can appreciate where I'm going to be coming from. Uh, when I speak to people in, in you know, sales enablement, I speak to VPs of sales and leaders like yourself, uh, and they're looking to engage uh, in, a, in, in some type of initiative with me working with their sales leaders. And they'll say, on the call, Keith, we, we want our sales people, our managers to coach 70% of the time. And as we go through the conversation, I would hear this a couple of more times from some other senior leaders. And finally, I would say, you know what, guys, I, I have a question. Um, does the company have a universal definition of coaching that everyone in the organization is bought into? Oh, no. Okay. All right. Um, well, the fact that you're asking me uh, that you want me to support your leaders and help them coach 70% of the time is like basically asking them to breathe 70% of the time because coaching is not an event. It is not something you do to something, someone. It is not like, time out. Let me put my coaching hat on. Now I'm going to coach you. It is how you show up. It is who you are, 
and it is simply a language. And before uh, we had started, I was sharing with, with Jen and Kevin, you know, listen, for any leader, my job is to make your life easier, not more difficult. And in the most simplistic of terms, the definition of coaching, the art of creating new possibilities. In every single conversation, you are either driving your agenda and your own answer, or you're co-creating a, a possibility by asking questions to tap into that other person's point of view. And this is the key point before you share yours. Because all you do when you keep running around, sharing your answers, hey, when I was in your role, this is how I did, so you should do this too. I'm sure no one here has ever done that before, right? My sarcasm translating? Okay, good. Uh, all you're doing is creating a group of dependent people. And the one thing that every leader wants is a team of accountable people. And Every manager struggles with that. So I'm, I'm kind of throwing this big, this big uh, uh, hook out there to say, you know, this all ties into how do you manage your time? How do you, you manage your day? How do you coach your people uh, and find the time? And how do you coach them in this new world, hybrid world that we're living in? So my point is, as managers, you have the time to coach. If you have time to lead a conversation with an answer, then you have time to lead that conversation with a question. So that's it. Coaching is a language and it is a mindset. That's all it is. And those are the things that really challenge managers. Now, you know, I'm like you guys, I see, I see some, you know, I, I'm usually the oldest face, you know, in the crowd. I don't know about this crowd. I think I might have some uh, people who might be right around my age, about 75. No, anyone? Yeah. So, um, by the way, you guys check out uh, that new show. Um, oh, what's it called? With Stallone? Uh, anyone? Anyone? Oh, uh, Tulsa. Tulsa King. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Sorry to deviate. Um, I just had my coffee. But uh, to get back to what's most important is this. In every conversation is a coaching conversation, guys. You don't have to label it anything else because in true coaching form and a leader, you want to seek to under, understand other people's point of view. And when you do that, then they start self-generating solutions on their own. And when they start self-generating solutions on their own, that builds their confidence and it builds their accountability. Because the real irony is I've never met a leader who doesn't want a team of independent, accountable salespeople. And it's amazing that we're actually creating the very problems we want to avoid when we're going around solving their problems. We think we're saving time. We think we're giving value. No, we're, we're actually disempowering them because while you have many salespeople that love to get answers from you, you also have salespeople that are coming to you. And when you give answers to them, what you may not hear is, hmm, I guess my manager doesn't trust me. I guess they don't think I could do my job. I guess they don't think, um, apt enough to, to get the results that I need. How do you think that's going to impact their confidence? Even though each of us right here on this call are coming from the right place, we actually do more harm by being that chief problem solver. So the irony of all of it is when you give an answer to someone and uh, uh, that solution they execute doesn't work, then they go back to Jeffrey or Allison or Alan and they say, hey, guys, Listen, hey, boss, you told me to do this. It didn't work. My hands are clean on this one. It's not my fault. It's your fault. So now we've successfully robbed people of the very accountability we want to instill. So I uh, hope that uh, covers at least one topic, Kevin, as laser-like as I can. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great, Keith. And so you're talking about, about coaching. You're talking about being a mindset um, as well as putting some time into this. And so what are some of the core characteristics of successful coaches mm. uh, be curious be present be process driven be creative be detached from the outcome i would probably say those are the top five things i think i mentioned uh that are probably most prevalent in the greatest leaders and coaches that i see and i've had the pleasure of traveling the world to 76 countries and six continents. And uh, I have to say, coaching uh, is a universal language. And, and um, uh, I would, you know, that, that's really what I'm noticing out there. So I hope, hope that helps. 
All right. And so when you talked about, you, you alluded to a little bit in your first answer about the chief problem solver. So can you, can you expand a little bit more on that? And why is it important to avoid becoming the chief problem solver? Well, it, it's, it's unfortunately uh, you, my global you here, my friends, you are all uh, uh, stuck in a global epidemic. Um, every company, every company is result driven. How can you not be? You have a target on your back. You're driven to get results. So if you think about it, if you're driven to get results, how is that going to manifest from your mindset to how you show up and into your language? Well, you're going to ask result-driven questions like, um, so how many calls did you make this week? Uh, how many appointments did you go on? You know, what do you think you're going to close this week? What do you think you're going to close this month? Uh, you know, who do you have to follow up on? Uh, you know, how's your pipeline? Is it full? Did you clean it out? And by the way, these are important questions. But notice where they're focused on. They're focused on the result. And this is really where we're kind of bleeding into the inner game of leadership, everyone. Because as I mentioned before, to be present, to be process-driven, think about it. Three points of time. And it gets cerebral on you now. Past, present, and future. Where do you live? I didn't think we were going to get cerebral this deep this early in the morning, huh? This afternoon, depending on where you live. We live in, physically agree we live in the present, right? Where do you live? I will challenge each and every one of you, as I do every leader, that 95% of your time you're either living in the past or you're focused on the future, which means you're not present. And that's where life happens and that's where coaching happens. So when when I when managers and Kevin, you asked me, you know, what are the most powerful traits of great coaches? You know, one of the most challenging things in our society now is to be present because we're being pulled in so many different directions. And if some of you and I know, you know, many of my uh, clients, they, they went purely, purely remote. Some can't, some went hybrid. Uh, but regardless, every business has changed prior to the pandemic. And uh, it, I say before, it's a global epidemic because uh, if managers and, and salespeople are still doing the same thing they did two years ago, today, they're already set up for failure. Because, you know, as Kevin was alluding also to is, you know, the conversations have changed, not only with your, with your team, with your salespeople, but with your customers and your prospects. And I can share with you in one word, what the predominant strategy is. Now I'm going to move from the B, Kevin, to the, to the strategy part of what makes a, a great coach and a great coaching uh, uh, organization is uh, those leaders that are process driven. Okay. Those leaders that are curious by default, now strategically, you're going to ask more questions. And when they're strategically going to ask more questions, that's woven into every conversation. So uh the, 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 the strategy that I see in, in, in the most uh, successful coaching organizations is also um, where managers realize they're also coaching each other. You know, think about it. You know, look around this virtual room. There is so much intellectual capital here. How many times are you calling your peers and saying, hey, I got a challenge. I could really do some coaching right now. There is so much potential and so much, so much wisdom here and years of experience that I can tell you now is not being utilized. Uh, and especially now because we're remote. So I promise you, what's the one predominant word, the one new strategy for sales and, and leadership is care. That's it. It's care. And, and, and we could say that and it sounds good, sort of like go out and sell value or go out and create urgency. But what does it mean to show care in a conversation when you are speaking with your peers, your coworkers, people in other departments, um, your team. Uh, how does that show up in a conversation? How does it show up in a conversation when your salespeople are speaking with their prospects and customers? What does it sound like? The, the, the most important thing that's going to shift the needle of profitability in sales is coaching the message today. What is the message that you and your people are sharing out there? It, it, you know, internally with your internal customers or your salespeople and externally with your, with your 
with your with your customers, your external customers. And I can share with you guys, you know, if we could easily have expanded this group because everything we're discussing now, which I know many of you have already noticed, applies to your salespeople as well. What doesn't? Okay. And, and that's why the best salespeople now are actually learning how to coach their customers to succeed as well. Awesome. Thank you, Keith. I think Jen, I saw we had a question come in and Shamila also wanted to see it was from Andrew. Yeah. So uh, Keith, the question came in from Andrew Knopic on our team. He said, can you talk more about being detached from the outcome? Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's, um, uh, there's an old uh, uh, Zen uh, story, uh, parable, if you will. And um, there was a young boy and he, he wanted to become the most famous martial artist in the land. So he sought out a mentor sensei and he finds his master and he approaches the master and says, I want to become the most famous martial artist in the land. How long must I study? And the master said, 10 years. And the, and the young boy said, well, what if I practice day and night? And the master said, 20 years. And the young man was getting agitated and he said, well, what if I, what if I work harder than all of your other students? And the master smiled and he said, 30 years. Now the young boy was infuriated and he looks at this master and he says, I don't understand something. Every time I tell you I'm going to work harder to achieve my goal, you tell me it's going to take longer. Why? Well, the master said, because when you have both eyes, on your destination, you have no eyes left to find your way. When you are, let's do a quick test here. When you, if selling it, uh, by the way, has the same definition of, of coaching, selling is the art of creating possibility. Your people are doing that in every interaction and in every conversation. So if we need to detach when we're selling, we need to detach when we're coaching. What does that mean? It means letting go of, of pushing for the result and being process driven. And that's, thank you for pulling me back here uh, to, to kind of conclude the thought. I shared with you the result driven questions that we ask. So what is it? That's if you're result driven, notice how it shows up in your conversation. If your mindset is result driven, you're gonna ask result driven questions, but now we need to become more process driven. So what, how would that show up in a conversation? Um, you're doing a deal review or a pipeline review or, or a, a, a client review and you ask questions like, so um, walk me through the conversation you had with that customer. Uh, what were the questions you asked to further qualify whether or not they were a fit? Can you share with me uh, what concerns, if any, the customer shared back with you? How did you respond to that? How can you respond differently the next time? Walk me through what you're going to say and how you're going to approach it so you can achieve the results you want. Now, if anyone here is having a conversation like that with your team, I will hire you right now to be my coach. Okay? And if you say no, listen to me. You're not alone. That's why we're here. Uh, again, this hybrid world has turned everything upside down. We're working at home. We have to set boundaries. Uh, you know, I mentioned before about conversations changing. Uh, here's another example. And by the way, uh, Jen and Kevin, you can hold me accountable every time I say I'm going to send you something. Just hold me accountable for that and write it down because I, you know, I'm kind of like in my own stream of consciousness here. So I want to make sure I send all the resources I promise. Uh, one of the things that I noticed is, is in terms of being process driven is every conversation, right? If you think about it, right? You're not coaching the result. You're coaching the process. And where does the process happen? In the present. So if you're not present, you can't be listening. You're focusing on your agenda. You're pushing for results rather than letting them open up organically. Basically, the conversation is like this. I'm you, I'm a manager, I'm at home, I'm working here, I'm, I'm in, you know, you know if, you're, if you're lucky to have a home office, a lot of people working in their kitchen or their, their, their basement or their bedroom. And, you know, it's, it's been a change for everyone. And it's a change not only for you and for your, your salespeople, but the customers are going through the same thing. So 
they need the same level of engagement that, that we want to have now that we're building relationships on, you know, a one-dimensional screen often. So that's why some of the conversations that managers are having with their team sound like this. So listen, what I want for you is to be able to uh, make sure that, you know, you've adjusted well and, and all the changes that have been happening so, you know, with our company and I'm sure, you know, personally and, and make sure that I'm a resource for you. So uh, I was hoping we can have a conversation on how you're best managing your time and your day. So you're taking care of yourself and maybe I can get some really good ideas from you too. No one's having those conversations, but I have a template for you. I'm going to send it to you. So what do, what do the questions sound like? Hey, so um, John, how do you turn off work at the end of the day? You know, hey, Samantha, um, uh, how do you set boundaries between work and personal when you're working out of your home? Uh, you know, hey, Dan, um, uh, what are the things that you need to be doing less of uh, so they're not getting in the way of your personal time. Uh, hey, uh, you know, John, what are you doing to practice self-care? What are you doing to take care of yourself? What's your daily routine? No one's having these conversations because they didn't exist. Okay. And I'm not saying this to be presumptuous, but I created them for you guys because this is what leaders, these are the conversations we need to have, not only, only with our team, but with each other here, your peers. And here, here's something crazy. I know maybe there might be some departmental silos in the organization. I've heard it once or twice in other companies. What if you coach people in different departments? Everyone here, we have a cohesive goal. The organization has a cohesive vision of where you want to go. And I am a believer. I'm a, I drank in the Kool-Aid guys. If you looked at my house, the only thing you're going to see in there are Anderson windows and doors. Just saying. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm a customer as well. Uh, but you know, these conversations, there's a reason why there's 84% disengagement in the workforce today. It's the highest ever. Look at the turnover that's going on. It's insane. People are, you know, they're, they're leaving. You can't, it's like no one wants to work anymore. You can't find good. And, and, and let alone people, how do you as a leader stay engaged with your team when you don't see them all the time? How do you coach remotely? What do those conversations sounds like? These are the questions that I'm putting in front of your line of vision that need to be answered if you want to hit your revenue goals, your sales goals, your personal goals, and, and, and achieve what you want most to support you, your family, your team, and the organization. I see a question coming up. What new challenges do you think sales leaders will face in the near future? Uh, well, <clears throat> This might sound counterintuitive. The first thing that came into my mind was technology. Uh, I've lost count of how many companies I spoke with over the last three years that their reaction to the pandemic was, okay, what do we need to automate? What, what, what can we streamline? You know, what can we virtualize? You know, um, and, what, and doing the wrong thing faster doesn't get you where you want to go. The greatest component that I see missing today is they don't say, wait, stop. We need to focus on our people. We need to give them the time and the attention they deserve. Because, you know, if you're experiencing any attrition and you're the last person to find out if someone's unhappy on your team or someone leaves, then there's a massive disconnect of trust there. because. The greatest leaders, if someone wants to leave, you're the first to find out, not the last. And that's the level of trust that has to be built today. Again, how do you build trust remotely with customers, clients, prospects, partners? The conversations are changing. You change the conversation, you change the outcome.
Is there another question that popped up there, Kevin? Or was see, there was another. There was a a second part. You sort of addressed this, but was what will you need? Well, what will we need to do to overcome those challenges? Simple. Learn how to coach. <laughs> That's all we're here, right? I told you my job is to make your job easier. The, the fact is, for you to, to increase retention, for you to have your people hit quota consistently, to develop a deeper level of trust, to shift your C players to B and your B players to A, that's going to require, you know, avalanches roll downhill, everyone. Change starts with you. We want our people to change. We want them to grow. We want them to adapt and evolve. That starts with us. You know that they're looking at you first. You know, they're watching you and, and, and how you show up is what they're going to model. And it, that goes up the chain. So to me, what I find the most valuable thing that's driving deeper engagement is, and, and again, I know this isn't, Sell. We could talk about sales. We can talk about whatever you want. Is uh, companies are, are 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 spending more time calling calling on their customers um, not to ask for anything, but just to actually check in personally. And the conversation that I shared with you that we need to have uh, on that personal level and on how are you managing your life and how are you managing the distractions. Again, your customers, you're experiencing the same thing. Imagine having a conversation like that with your customers. First of all, they've never had it with anyone. They'd probably welcome it because no one's ever asked them those questions, just like you probably have never been asked those questions. But this is what is changing. And, the, and, to, and, and to, to, to answer the question very simply, to overcome those challenges means for us to shift to becoming a, a coach, not a chief problem solver who runs around putting out fires all day. And when someone comes to them, uh, oh, and this is my favorite. Oh, Keith, I'm coaching people. Oh, really? What with your higher coaching people? Okay. So someone comes over to me and, um, you know, they're looking for help on closing a deal. And uh, uh, they said they, they, um, they, they spoke to the, they spoke to the organization and uh, you know, they're, they're, they're right at the finish line, but, but it's, it's the deals getting stuck in procurement, you know, boss, what should I do? Um, well, um, don't you think it would be a good idea to, or, well, when I was in your shoes, however you start those conversations, you are now leading the witness. You are not coaching. You are closing them. That's called manipulation. Nobody wants to be manipulated. Okay, those are close-ended, leading, loaded questions. But Keith, I want people to get to where I know they need to be. Really? Remember what the definition of coaching is? The art of creating new possibilities, not the art of driving your own agenda. Keith, we have another question that came in from Tina. And I, I'm, I'm going to read the question, and I think I know a little bit more about what she's asking here. But um, feedback seems to be a word that is used for different applications. In terms of coaching, are there key components to good feedback conversation? And if so, what are they? So I think it's kind of understanding the difference between giving feedback and coaching, which ah. gets confused. So, uh, yes. So what's the difference uh, between, let's start off with coaching and training? How do you assess whether it's a coaching issue or a training issue? It always starts with coaching. You can't uncover what the gap is unless you're asking the questions. Once you ask the questions, aha, this is a training issue. This is a knowledge gap issue. This is a, an attitude. This is a mindset. This is an assumption. And what, are those, what do those questions sound like? Well, in my framework, they would start with, so, you know, where do you want to be at the end of this conversation? What are you hoping to achieve? Okay, great. Walk me through what you've tried so far. How did you do it? What did it sound like when you had that conversation with the customer? When they said X, how did you respond? Okay, great. So what I'm hearing you say, Mr. or Mrs. Kochi, is X, Y, and Z. Did I capture that correctly? Yes. So um, what would be a good way, in your opinion, to resolve this situation? That's it, guys. 
I don't think anyone here is going to tell me now coaching takes too long. I just gave you five or six questions you can be asking literally every day. And if you really want to get strategic, and again, uh, Kevin, Jen, make sure I send this out to everyone. I have a 60-second coaching strategy. Okay, so now I want to give you guys something. Literally, we're going to end this call. Hopefully, uh, I hope we have a lot of 30 minutes. We're going to maximize our time. Uh, and I want to make sure you have an actionable strategy you can use in the next conversation. So here we go. Okay, I'm, going to e I'm also going to email you this PDF. One of your people, again, someone comes to you, could be a coworker, could be someone in another department. Again, coaching people in another department that shatters department silos. Uh, could be one of your directs. They come to you. Hey, boss, I need your help. Okay, here's my, here's my, here's my challenge. What should I do? There's, there's your defining moment, everyone. Are you going to take the path of, well, I don't have time to coach, so let me tell them what to do? Or are you going to stop and say, wait a second, I can just ask one question. So let's say you go that route. Here's what it sounds like. Hey, Kevin, you know what? I really appreciate you sharing that with me, and, I, and I'd, I'd love to share my opinion with you. However, you're a lot closer to this situation than I am, and I trust you, and I trust your judgment. So what's your opinion on how to achieve the results you want? Like that, I think that was actually less than 30 seconds, and I'm from New York and get excited. I, I talk fast. 30 seconds, guys. You could do that all day long, all day long. Break it down. They come to you. I want your opinion. Alan, I want your opinion. Okay, hey, Keith, I'm going to give you my opinion. They just don't know you're going to give it to them after you hear theirs. However, you're much closer to this situation than I am. You're validating the fact that is true, and I trust you, and I trust your judgment. What do you think that's going to do to trust and confidence right there? Okay. So what's your opinion on how to fill in the blank, move forward, improve that relationship, uh, collaborate better uh, with the team, uh, achieve, achieve the goal you want uh, this quarter? The word opinion is the billion dollar question. Because if you ask someone, hey, what's your strategy? What's your answer? What's your solution? Strategies answers and solutions can be right or wrong. Opinions are not right or wrong. Everyone has an opinion. Okay. They just are. And, and it's like, if we went around the room and I asked everyone's opinion, which I did earlier, what's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite band, which we had a fantastic list of that's your opinion. It's not right or wrong. Favorite food. What's your opinion? It's not right or wrong. So we need to seek out their opinion. When you ask someone, hey, what's your opinion on how, how to resolve this? They can't say, I don't know. You've resolved the whole, oh my gosh, when they come and say to me, I don't know, Keith, don't I just have to tell them what to do? No, don't take the bait. You're taking the bait. All right, here, wait a second. No, no, no. I asked for your opinion. You don't know your own opinion? Everyone has an opinion. Okay, so opinions are not right or wrong. They just are. Now, notice what you've done. You've resolved that, well, I don't know. Tell me, boss. But if you'd like another question that you could add as a little bonus question, when someone says to you, hey, listen, I don't know what to do. Here we go. Here's the question. Well, you know, Glenn, if you did know, what would it be? Now, I know some of you are like, Keith, that's a really silly question. I mean, come on. You ask that question, I guarantee you, you might get a strange look first. They'll answer it. They'll answer it because you're putting it back to them. Well, if you did know, what would it be? If you had to do anything, if you had to do something, how would you move forward? If I wasn't here, how would you handle it? Okay. Coaching doesn't have to be difficult. Companies over-engineer coaching to the point where it becomes uh, institutionalized. And once that happens, coaching is dead. Coaching is an organic alliance that you create with people at a deeper level. Okay, so uh, that 60-second strategy you'll be getting from me as well. All right, so I look forward to hearing about how that works out for you.
think you may have answered. Um, so Ty Harris had a had a question about if we want to move away from chief problem problem solver, what is the alternative? How do we arrive at the best solution? Ty, do you want to just chime in? Did he answer your question, or do you feel like you need a little bit more information on that? Yeah, no, thanks, Jen. I I, I think we we got the first part of my question answered. So, like, you know, what's your opinion? getting feedback from that standpoint but then we also have to arrive at a solution so i think how do we go deeper along that same pathway of thought and ty thanks for thanks for bringing bringing this to the conclusion here so here we go we get their opinion we got to bring the conversation home right can't just let it linger there where do we create the accountability where do we create the momentum that where do we create the action so once you hear that person's point of view, then it becomes a collaboration. Hey, thanks for sharing your ideas. Let's talk together how we can create the best solution so you can achieve the results you want. Now it becomes a collaboration, not an interrogation. Now you're, you're talking about this, you're, you're, just, you're hearing what they've shared, you've come up with some great ideas that they're comfortable implementing and executing. Great. Okay, so um, when should we reconnect to see that you've achieved the results you want? Great. Um, how are you feeling about our conversation? Right. What, you know, what did you learn? Great. Um, listen, I really want to make sure that that you achieve what you want most. So how, billion dollar question guys coming here, how can I be your accountability partner and hold you accountable in a way that would sound supportive and not like I'm micromanaging you? Billion dollar question. I'll give anyone 500 bucks right now if anyone here has ever asked that question. Okay. I never gave a check away yet. Because you know why, guys? I'm going to shift gears on you here. Because actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ty. I want to bring this home for you here. So we ask that accountability question. And then we say, great. When do you want to reconnect? And, that, and notice here, they're setting the rules. Hey, so what do you want to have done by X date? How are you going to do it? Great. Um, how do you want me to hold you accountable in a way that's supportive and not negative? Here's the second accountability question. How do you want me to approach you if you don't follow through with your commitments? What would that sound like? Guys, we sit here as leaders and we bang our heads against the wall trying to figure out how to deliver feedback which I want to go back to, Ty. I think that's, you know, remind me about that one. Um, we bang our head against the wall. What motivates my people? I don't know. They're not all coin operated. I can tell you that. Um, you know, how do they want to be managed? How do they want to be motivated? How do they want to be supported? How do they want to be coached? And of course, how do they want to be held accountable? It's the biggest question managers struggle with. And you want to know why? It's because you're asking the wrong person. Ask Okay, because for some of you, if you were my boss, okay, you're, you got everyone here is my boss, all right. And uh, let's say you're a very direct person. I'm sure we have a couple of direct people here, right? Um, and you said to me, uh, "Okay, Keith, listen, you really messed up last month. You got to get your numbers up. This quarter is really important. You got to crush it." Okay, so this is what I expect from you. Any problems? Any questions? I'd be like, "Got it, boss. I'm out of here, and I'll go." Because that's, I like that. Hit me, hit me right here. I like it. That's how I go. Very direct. You, I can't make this up. Managers told me they have actually done this to other people because they say, well, that's how I like to be managed. So I manage everyone the same way. Managers have told me they've made people cry. Okay. Um, Kevin, you, uh, and I want to tie this back to one, another huge challenge right now that leaders fall into. And then I want to go to feedback. So please, Kevin, hold me accountable for that one. Is um, when managers uh, start coaching, they coach in their own image. All right. That, that's a really toxic, that's a toxic mistake that managers make. Well, when I was in your role, this is how I did it. So you should do it this way too, okay? No, that's building robots. That's building mini-me's. 
That's not tapping into people's individuality. You know, your job as a leader is to build a future bench of leaders. You're not going to do that by, you know, creating this, you know, little rope, little autobots. So uh, I want to, I want to tie it back to um, same thing when we're holding people accountable, ask them how they want to be held accountable. Ask them what it would sound like if they don't follow through. Let them set up the rules. Guess what? You follow them. You're never the bad guy. And there's no more such thing as Keith. Oh, I have such a difficult conversation. No, there are no difficult conversations. You know what makes a conversation difficult? It's your assumptions going into the conversation and your approach. We've been talking half of this time about mindset, skill set, and, 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 and strategy, language. Those are, those are the three pillars of being a great leader. You know, having the mindset of a leader. What did I share before? Being curious, being authentic, being uh, creative, being present, being creative. This, you don't be creative. You don't be authentic. You don't, you don't. Those are peace, gold peace. That's the inner game. We need to change not only how we think, because that's what transformation is all about. You know, I, we use this word training all the time. No, it, it's transformation. Training is when you change what you're doing. Transformation is changing what you do and how you think. Uh, Ty, I want to go back to uh, your point, I think, about feedback, or did I answer your question so far? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I appreciate cool. that. No, deeply my pleasure. Uh, Feedback-wise, yes. Are there times you have to say, you know, uh, Keith Wilson, I'm watching this salesperson literally dig their career great. Are, are you telling me I'm just supposed to watch this happen and wait for them to come to me to be coached on it? No, because so many of us have blind spots. We can't see what's going on because it's always going on and we become blind to those things. That's why coaches are on the sidelines observing the players when they play. So when it comes to observation, number one, uh, don't don't just say, hey, listen, I'm gonna I'm going on a, a joint sales call with you. You can freak people out. All right. You're just gonna freak them out. You gotta set attention. All right. And and let me be exceedingly clear. One of the main reasons why uh, trust is eroded and deals are lost is because people don't set their positive intent and what's in it for them. All right. We all know with them, right? What's in it for me? Everyone's tuned into that when you talk to them, not just your customers, every, every single person here. Someone approaches you, okay, what does this person want? What's in it for me? We need to create the alignment before we, if we're going to instill something different or, or create buy-in around that change. So <clears throat> rather than just say, I'm going to you know, take a joint sales call and ride with you. Hey, listen, you know what I want for you is to achieve your success. The best players, best athletes have coaches. Coaches are on the sidelines, seeing the things the players can't. So I want to be that coach for you so I can see some things that will help you be more successful. Are you open to setting some rules um, of how we, can, how, we can, how we can do that together? Now they understand your intent. Oh, boss, you want to help me. You don't want to micromanage me. Uh, you're not putting me on a performance improvement plan. Uh, it's not like I did anything wrong because... When, when intentions aren't clear, people default to fear, period. Ever get an email from a, a customer uh, or, or someone uh, in uh, uh, your, your manager and, and, uh, uh, and in, in the subject line, it says, CP, you know, all caps. What's your first reaction? Wait, you're getting this from your manager. It says, call me ASAP in the subject line, and that's it. Your first reaction is like, uh-oh, what did I do wrong? Did I, am I losing uh, a deal? Am I losing a salesperson? Did something happen internally? We never go to my boss wants to tell me how awesome I am. We never go there, do we? When intentions aren't clear, we default to fear. The greatest tool as a leader you're going to have when you're coaching is the art of enrollment enrolling people in your ideas by saying, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. Here's what's in it for you. And it's that why and here's what's in it for you that manager step over. Because we can all play the power card and be like, uh, why, why are we using the CRM? Because I was told we have to and you have to. 
Oh, they might do it if they want to keep their job, but how engaged do you think they're going to be? And then you're going to be looking at their CRM and saying, where's the information? They're not doing it right. They're just checking the boxes. Oh my gosh, I'm so shocked because they never saw the value in it for them. Once people see what's in it for them, that's where you create alignment because that's where they, that's what they want to create. And so uh, imagine this, <clears throat> right? Hopefully everyone, they have business goals right here, right? Imagine if you can align everyone's personal goals with your business objectives. Now you have a shared goal, a shared vision, a North star that everyone wants to follow because now they're thinking, I get it now. My manager is saying, hey, they've shared, they've noticed some things that if I could change would make me more successful. Of course, I want to have that conversation with them. Not just run over to them and saying, hey, let me tell you the three things you did wrong on that last call. No, that's creating a lot. Hey, can I share some ideas that I noticed that will help you better your best and achieve your goals? Now you know my intention. Now I can share those with you. So yes, are there times when you have to initiate a conversation? Absolutely. But when people are coming to you, start with that 60-second coaching strategy. I guarantee you, you'll be calling me or emailing me or texting me and saying, Keith, I've literally cut hours of dealing with uh, issues uh, off my plate. I want to get your time back? That's how you do it. Everyone's so quiet is because your mind is blown. Preston, uh, James Degnan, I see a question. Your hand is raised. Uh, thanks for the time, Keith. Um, I know we don't like failure um, and we don't want to always give the answers, but I mean, it seems, at least for me, there's been times where I've been given the autonomy in the past by a leader and a coach to, to kind of fail. And, and to learn from that and to kind of course correct and go forward. So where do we sit with allowing, um, you know, some of that risk out there with the mm -hmm. team and, and allow that heartbreak to maybe give us a, a path forward to learn um, at a faster rate than if you gave us the answer all the time? I'm just going to try to do a quick drawing uh, for you, James. Uh, I'm not the artist. My kids are the artists. But, um, you know, let's just say we have a couple of columns here, right? We have a couple of... Uh, uh, ideas here, right? So, so you're coaching, you're, you're asking all the questions, you're assessing, right? Uh, you're getting to the point, what's your opinion? Okay, you get their opinion. Now, if they give you their opinion, you have a choice right here. You can say, okay, go for it. And you're like, man, that's gonna fail. They're gonna come back with, you know, bruise these. We don't wanna get people rope tapping themselves, nor do we wanna go this way and say, whoa, 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 now let me tell you what to do. Micromanage them. We need to find a balance right here. So my point is, once you hear someone's opinion and you say, hey, let's walk through this together so we can achieve the results you want, now they're hearing, oh, okay, so now my manager's intent is to go deeper in the conversation, walk through the ideas I just shared with them um, and make sure they work. Great, I'm open to that. Now, here's what's going to happen. And James, let me know if I didn't answer your question. In the spirit of, of course, making life easier and coaching easier, there's only three gaps. The gap is the coaching moment. The gap is the gap in knowledge, skill, attitude, behavior. Um, it could be anything. We can see that. Uh, now, when you ask that question, uh, what's your opinion on how to handle this? you're going to hear one of three gaps. Number one, they share an idea or solution in your mind. Nailed it. Go for it. Sounds great. You're thinking, wow, that was even better than the idea I was going to share. Shocking. I know that's going to happen, by the way, sometimes. So they, they nailed it. Have them go with it. You know what they're going to do. You have faith in what they're going to do. They're clear about their strategy. They have an executable strategy or, or approach what they need to do what, for, for whatever the uh, result is. And they go, let them go. Now, what about half-baked? Half-baked solution. Or let's say it's not baked at all, as in, you know, maybe half-baked, they have three of the five ingredients that's needed for, you know, a successful, uh, you know, 
uh, approach for them to achieve a certain result. Or let's say, you know, it's not baked at all. They don't even have the, the ingredients. They don't have a pot. They're not even in the kitchen. All right. It's still the same approach. Hey, thanks for sharing your ideas. I really appreciate it. Let's walk through your ideas and together come up with the best approach so you can achieve the results you want. So if they give you a half-baked solution or some ideas that you know for a fact will not work, you don't want to send them you know, out there to fail. Say, okay, you know what? Thanks for sharing your opinion. You want to thank them. You don't want to say, how long have you been doing this? Because they'll never want to be coached by you again. So you want to respect them, respecting their point of view. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Want to build trust? That will go a long way. Uh, it will also start eliminating turnover. And I know everyone knows uh, how much it costs to replace someone these days, right? In, in time and money and energy, it's about a million dollars per employee. Okay. Uh, so just to put some, uh, if you want another uh, incentive as to why you want to coach, there it is right there. Because you're going to be able to retain people and turn your underperformers around as well. So James, getting back to your point, whether it's half-baked or whether it's not baked at all, you're still acknowledging them. And you're as you're walking through it, then you get to do this. Hey, Keith, you know, that's interesting. When I was in your position, I tried this. What do you think? Then it's okay. It's okay to share your ideas. I want you to leverage your experience. I want you to leverage your expertise. I want you to leverage your years of doing this and help them. Absolutely. But the biggest distinction in coaching is this. We usually share our opinion first before we hear theirs. And I'm telling you to flip the switch on that one. You need to get their opinion first before you share yours. Because if you share your ideas before you hear yours, there is a strong chance you will be redundant. And that's when you hear, oh, yeah, Daryl, yeah, I, no, no, I knew that. Yeah, I, I tried that already. Yeah, no, no, I, I did that. We got to find the gap. Well, how do you find the gap? You, you got to uncover what they know and what they don't. This is the strategy of coaching. And the only way you can do it is by asking, hey, what's your opinion on how to handle this? They're going to give you a fully baked solution, a half baked solution, or something that you do not want them to go out and, and execute on. Thanks for sharing your opinion. Let's go ahead and walk through this together. Now you have an opportunity to collaborate. Now you share your ideas. Now you share your experiences and wisdom. Not before, not immediately. First, you need to see, understand what they see and what they don't. Now you fill in the gaps. And you can be intentional. And you can say, hey, can I share some ideas? Uh, that I have, or can I share some things I noticed that would help you be more successful or, you know, help increase your closing ratio or help you retain more deals or upsell or cross-sell more? Yes, James, I do would love actually that. I would love to have that conversation. So am I answering your question there? Okay, awesome, awesome. And I will send that out, by the way, so everyone has that. Good stuff. Awesome. Thank you, Keith. I think we got time for one more question. So this came in just now from Connie asking, what is your advice for leading the younger generation, 20s, early 30s? Sire now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, the beautiful thing about dealing with younger generation, and I, and I think, you know, speaking, I guess, like an old guy, uh, uh, you know, we, we, I came, I don't want to speak for everyone, from a, from a very different um, place of being managed. Old school. Many of you may experience that. You may be doing it yourself. And that's okay. If you've never been exposed to our conversation, you, there's no, how would you change? So when it comes to coaching people that just graduated, people that are out of high school, younger generation, 20s, 30s, here's the beautiful thing. The coaching model that I would work on with everyone, the leads framework, you would use that in every conversation, just like the 30 second coaching strategy I shared with you. So here's the beautiful part. The 30 second coaching strategy doesn't change. 
the leads framework doesn't change. It doesn't matter who it is. What changes is the person and the conversation. So, so to keep it simplified and not over-engineer coaching and say, well, if this person is this person, is this person is this type of person, no. It, each person, that's, you know, it's really a nice tie into what we were talking about before about you don't, you have to coach to the individual person. Well, how do you do that? Well, if I ask you, you know, you know, for example, if I wanted to uncover what motivates you, I'm still going to ask someone who's 50 or 60 or has been doing this for 20 years, the same questions that I would ask someone who's, you know, in their 20s or 30s. So notice, notice this. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed every day? You know, what's the favorite part of your job? What would you like to change if you could? What would you like to do more of? What's the, what's the favorite part of your day? Uh, what does a perfect day look like for you? One of my favorite questions. If you didn't have to work, what would you do with your time? I can answer that. I would be doing this right here. I wouldn't change a thing. Guys, we have the same job in case you haven't figured that out yet. We have the same job. Keith, what are you talking about? You have practice. You're coaching other companies. I'm coaching people. My job is to make my clients more valuable. Your job is to make your people more valuable. Every day, we have the same job. So uh, in terms of coaching the younger generations, millennials, don't overcomplicate the coaching, everyone. Just follow the framework. And let, 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 that's why when you ask the questions, the questions can be um, systemic. The questions, you know, they could be utilized in every conversation, but it's going to change. You know, you ask one person, what motivates you? You're going to hear uh, um, from one person something different than another. Still asking the same question. You know, how can I hold you accountable in a way that would sound supportive? Still asking someone who's been in the business for 20 years that question, just like I am asking someone who's brand new. So the good news is the framework stays the same. The conversations of the people change. So can I help I answer that question for you? Uh, yeah, I think I was looking at it more from, it seems I've got a team that ranges really from, from younger to more mature. And uh, it just seems like that younger group is, it's just a much more sensitive world. Um, mm -hmm everything takes precedence over the job where before it was the job first. And then the other thing, like you wouldn't know all the stuff going on in the background. Now all the stuff in the background is in the foreground. So it's a lot of personal counseling. And I just didn't know if you had, and it seems to be from those generations. So I didn't know if you had some advice around that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, 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 and I know we've covered so many things. I hope your head, well, your head probably is spinning going back to that template I'm going to share with you about how do you have that deeper conversation when people, that's what they're looking for. And again, we can't say, well, I don't need that. So why would they need that? No, that, that's you coaching in your own image. Okay. <clears throat> we need to coach the individual. So when, when we're, when you're dealing with, to your point, kind of, you know, when you're dealing with younger people and they're, and they're coming to you and, you know, now if you, if you go online and you, excuse me, what motivates people today in the job? Money's never number one. Never number one. It's to be part of something, to contribute, to make an impact, um, to have life balance, uh, to deliver value, you know, and, and, and in their quality of life and, and money. It's not the first. And I know many of you, you know, and again, I, I, I'm very, very familiar with your industry. Uh, there's been such an evolution so quickly over the last several years. Uh, we have a very unique opportunity now. We still do uh, in this space to recreate the culture that you want by changing and doing the things and having these different conversations. So that's what people need. If they need to have that personal conversation, then, then have it because that's what they need. And you know what? It's what we need too. And you know what? It's what our managers need and our customers need. But if we never ask, we don't know. And when it comes to those, those personal conversations, if someone is, in, there's no more line between work and life. It's just life. 
you know, you know, the pandemic has proven this. I mean, I, I'm in I'm in your homes right now. Right. Um, you're in my studio in my happy place right now. We could we can have a really cool conversation based on what I see in your home, what you see in my home. My point is, we've never had this level of exposure into people's lives as we have today. That is not a bad thing. That is a massive opportunity that we can leverage to create deeper engagement with our people. So they, oh, my boss is really getting me and they're supporting me. And, and you know what? I, I, I want to work for them and, and I trust them. And uh, I want to be, I want them as my leader. And when you have that, you create that alignment of, oh, my boss is giving me what I need. And I need to make sure I achieve this at work. And there's that alignment piece again. Doesn't matter if, again, hired first year or 20 year or 30 year. Uh, and before you make the assumption that, well, Keith, I've been managing the same people for 10 years, or you can always revisit a conversation. You can always reset a relationship. You can always rebuild trust because you have that ability to go back and enroll. And, and the challenge is, is that if you're if you as a human being aren't getting what you need it's often very difficult to recognize the needs of others so you know that's why we need to make sure that we're we're coaching hopefully having a more refined structure around what it is what it sounds like um uh is how you know it's the abcs of leadership always be closing no no i'm sorry always be coaching okay the abcs of leadership all right every conversation is a coaching conversation so Connie, i hope that helped uh, clarify a little bit yeah thank you amazing well thank you very much keith we're a little after three i got one softball question here for you is how can people connect with you Oh, well, thank you for that. I'm glad you asked. Uh, well, first of all, I have some, I have a few holiday gifts for everyone. Uh, number one, everyone here is going to get a free pass. And, and Jen and Kevin do not know about this. So uh, I am given a free pass on my Udemy courses. They're about $250 each. Everyone here is getting a free pass to my coaching program and my time and life mastery program. Okay. You can't do one without the other, guys. We have to coach people not only on their business, but on their life today. That's how it is. Okay, so get on the bus or become a dinosaur. That's going to be your choice. So number one, I'm going to be uh, sharing those two programs. So it's a deeper immersion on those two topics that you can then continue to support your people around. Uh, number two, please connect with me on LinkedIn. I am posting new content there all the time, uh, also on Twitter, uh, but uh, definitely hit me on LinkedIn. And um, the other thing is, uh, and you will be getting all these uh, resources, uh, Kevin, Jen, I, I know you're, you're going to hold me accountable for them and share this big list of things, Keith, that you had promised, but I'll make sure it gets out to everyone, I'll make sure it gets out to you. Other than that, um, let me make sure if anyone here has any questions. Uh, maybe you have a question that you didn't want to ask or we didn't get to today. Uh, three of my core values are my 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 wife, my my family, and making an impact. And I and I truly help that. Uh, I truly hope that 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 I that I did the last of my values. And thank you for allowing me to make an impact. And hopefully, what we shared uh, did did so for you today. So uh, my personal email, uh, where I was going to, is whether you like it or not, I'm your coach for life now. So my personal email, very simple, Keith at KeithRosen.com. Keith at KeithRosen.com. My mobile number, 516, okay, 271-2774, okay? If you need me, text me, email me. This, this, this is a stand that I take for you unconditionally just like it's the stand that I want for you to take for everyone here and for your team, because that's how you build an authentic culture. That's how you grow and scale today, uh, because coaching is going to be your secret. That's your secret competitive edge right now. So in, in conclusion, just remember this, you know, people create the mindset. Mindset shapes behavior. 
behavior defines culture and culture determines success. That's why the primary objective of every business and every leader today is to make your people more valuable every day. So thank you for your time. Uh, I hope this uh, added value to you and was a highlight of your day. Uh, again, if you have any questions, you know where to find me. Uh, other than that, remember the ABCs always be coaching and I wish you all extreme success. Take care, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Keith. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.